This is yours. This is ours. This is mine. What's up and welcome to Minds. I'm your host, Jay Hernandez, and December is in full effect. And I don't know about you, but I know December means shopping, Christmas, uh, Christmas season, a little more eating and getting together with family. And this comes on the heels of Thanksgiving, but it's what we do every year. And uh, unless you get used to it or figure out some way to avoid it without uh, taking on a bunch of blame or ridicule or just looking like an asshole, then... Uh, then this is what we got to do. So for me, my birthday's in less than two weeks, and I'm pretty excited. I'll, I'll be 35, and I'm ready for it. I'm into it. Bring it on, you know? So with today being December 2nd, I'm looking at it as my two-week notice to being 35, saying goodbye to 2015, uh, even though, you know, we got another two weeks. For me, it's, it's as good as done. It's, it's a wrap. 2015 was good. It's a bit of a transitional year. I mean, if you told me that I'd be doing this a year ago, uh, I don't know if I would have believed you. I just, I was up to a whole different set of things. I mean, I was uh, fresh from a vacation to Florida. It was my first, like, week-long vacation from my uh, my rigorous job and work schedule. I had my whole family with me. We went to Florida. We visited my wife's uh, grandparents and stayed with them for a week. It was great. We went to Disney, went to Legoland, had a good time as a family. It was good just, just being around familiar people. Nice, safe place to stay. It was free, and they cooked for us, and... We kind of cooked some stuff for them and, you know, just keeping each other company. Got to ride around on the golf cart at night. You know, then coming back from that, I was, uh, I was refreshed, you know. I had a renewed sense of self, good and ready to change the world with my craft. Uh, and on the creative end, I was uh, starting a band. It was a metal band at the time. Just a lot of, you know, thrashy riffs. And, and I was playing with a machine of a drummer by the name of Daryl Patron, who you might be hearing from uh, soon enough. But I was full bore into the year. I mean, I was growing my hair long, I was reconnecting with old friends, trying to see what, you know, what things that I could do and, and, and put together with the use of, uh, of other resources. I was starting a clothing line by the name of Mines, actually. I had a logo that I put out for my first EP with Purple Suns, and I was just going to carry it over into the name and do something with it. And, you know, I was starting off with patches. Of course, I wanted to do uh, t-shirts, which I got my hands on due to my uh, cousin from another dozen, Frank who I interviewed before and he printed me up some awesome t-shirts and that was that was the start of my my whole uh, journey to bringing something to the planet that was you know representative of me and really just you know just me so soon after that uh, trying to you know get the whole band thing going I decided to invest in some equipment and of course I needed some help to do that because Really, in the world of uh, having a family and working uh, a job that that you know you you're running your own business, there really is no extra money. So as far as like you know new guitars or you know recording equipment, microphones, just all the stuff that you've heard me talk about before in bringing uh, this podcast to life, it's just not a reality when when you're you know in the shit with a with a family. Had I known the things that were coming in the year, I don't know what I would have done to prepare it. I mean, just shortly after, a year ago, I uh, took on sobriety, which has been going really well. I haven't touched a drink or any uh, other recreational things. Uh, eh, 
apart from mushrooms a few weeks ago, but, you know, whatever, sue me, you know, I'm not perfect, but at the same time, I'm not trying to be, you know, sober guy, I just, I'm doing a good job, what I'm doing, I know that there's a, uh, just a laundry list of things that I'll never touch again, or, or try my best not to ever again, because it just doesn't make for a good life for me, and uh, managing what I've got going now is already something I'm getting good at, and it's, uh, it's, it's a skill set, so I'm going to take that and move ahead. And shortly after that, the Mosers got a hold of me, and short of turning down a great opportunity, I took it by the horns, played at two sold-out shows in a row in the city, uh, had a kick-ass time with a great bunch of guys who I intend to get down here for an interview, and that really changed my life, and that was really the catalyst, I think, of everything that came uh, after. And that's when my basement, you know, the Sungeon, had turned into a home studio. And then ultimately from that, being as to how I couldn't uh, really hold a band together, uh, minds came from the ashes. Along with a sober mind and reaching out to find uh, outlets for that, uh, as far as self-help and all that, I came upon podcasts, and that's really when it changed my life. Uh, there was a couple that I listened to on a weekly basis, self-affirmation type stuff, how to handle your emotions, which is really like everything that I was dealing with at the time, since it was just so raw, being sober and not being able to run away to a drink or, or a puff of a joint or anything else to, to just deaden the emotions. So I was sailing the uh, the rough seas of sobriety with no vices in hand. So anyway, I, it's been a great six months, or actually eight months. I'm looking forward to the new year, getting this whole podcast thing going, and you know, I started reaching out on Instagram to just different people. You know, when I started hashtagging my posts, I had just random musicians, uh, recording engineers, production companies, all sorts of people, you know, liking my stuff, and I started to reach out to the people that were piquing my interest. So, you know, the first couple that I reached out to got back to me, and we ended up putting something together. So today I'm going to talk with with Joe Sparacino, also known as Dr. Joe, uh, singer-songwriter from Austin, Texas. You know, grew up playing piano, took some lessons, and then did the, uh, you know, the run-of-the-mill cover songs, dueling pianos, got into teaching himself theory, and then ultimately just started putting bands together and, and playing for different people, getting familiar with the stagecraft. You know, when I started talking to him, it felt good because it was like I had already known him, and uh, and we had a lot to share, and, and he was inquisitive about my life in the same way that I was inquisitive of his. And we really struck up a good conversation, and it really kind of got away from me. Uh, the time passed so quickly, but at the same time, it was natural. And it was really like I didn't want to stop talking to him. I could have gone I could have gone all night. So we'll be hearing from him in a little bit. But first, there was another guy by the name of Freed, uh, for, known for his website, uh, The Art of Being Freed, and also Call Center TV, a cartoon series that he started just from... You know, working uh, different jobs, you know, wanting to be a, a cartoonist, an animator, a writer, ultimately. This guy's also um, out of Phoenix. I mean, he's out of California, but he has an office in Phoenix. But it all started with him just, you know, drawing in Bibles, finding an audience, and just keeping the fire lit, keeping the passion going, uh, looking for different outlets for his drawings, and ultimately uh, just being in love with animation, cartoons, Baby's kids, stuff we grew up with, and uh, as you can see just from his website, that he's he's one percent bound. So if you're into uh, wearing a suit and carrying a towel and bringing food and uh, different things to to a cartoonist who's uh, super famous, then uh, then get in contact with this guy because he's he's ready for it. As you will hear from the conversation, he's fired up. 
It doesn't sound like uh, he really takes many breaks or, you know, uh, rests on his laurels much. So he's something to look for, and the, the animation looks great. You can check him out at Call Center TV on Instagram and see all the various drawings that he does. He uploads uh, a couple each week. I've been keeping up with him. You know, I, I try my best not to like anything that I don't really like, but I, I can't stop liking his stuff. It's all just very poppy, very hard lines, really cool takes on, on faces and expressions, body stances and stuff, just really cool stuff that caught my eye immediately, and I was just really happy that he got back to me because I reached out. It's my first time kind of reaching out on the internet. Uh, I don't have a Facebook, so I was just like, let's see let's, let's see if this stuff flies. And, you know, if they get back to me, I, I can give them my email, and we can start a dialogue on there. And lo and behold, I, they, you know, we, we made it happen. So it was nice talking to Freed. It just it brought up a lot of old feelings. Uh, being a kid that was raised by television, I just remember, you know, the globe, the TV screen, and the dark room being by myself. You know, and then the cartoons going from from black and white to Technicolor and all the familiar names, you know, such as Warner Brothers, Leon Schlesinger, uh, Hugh Harmon, Rudolph Ising, Frizz Freling. And then you got the uh, Porky Pig, you know, that's all, folks. Uh, Also, yeah, you had the uh, the Bugs Bunny breaking through the uh, the bass drum with the carrot. You know, it's just like a, a part of your childhood. I mean, it was part of your childhood out there, whether you were raised by television or not. And these are just pieces of the puzzle, man. If you couldn't spout off at least 200 different episodes of those cartoons, then, you know, you were nobody in my eyes. I, I love the animation. I love the gags, how the comedic lines unfold from, you know, the, the ironing board is something falling on his foot and just all the all the different ways that the animators used uh, comedy and slapstick and even the orchestral background music. It was great, you know. Not a lot of the cartoons talked and that was just, you know, it made all the actions universal. And it was just a big part of me growing up and probably a main reason why I'm so animated when having conversations and just talking to people and explaining things to people. You know, I don't know all the big words, so I just I use hand motions and, and noises. And that's really that's really how I how I make things happen. So so without getting too into all that, uh, let's just get into the show. What's going on? What up, Jay? How you doing? Freed, all the way from Phoenix. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. <laughs> I'm awesome. I can't complain. How's it going that way? Uh, everything's going well. I apologize for the <laughs> the lack of professionalism. <laughs> I was trying to get your get your number into my phone, and uh, and, right. and you experienced the rest of that. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. No, no issue at all, man. We're on the phone now, so. All right, let's man. Go. So from the uh, from the exchange, you yeah, I, I hear you got an office. You're uh, between uh, the east uh, west coast. I apologize, and uh, and Phoenix. So it sounds like you got some good stuff going there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I worked in uh, um, call centers for a long time, so it's like real cool to like actually have like a home office. And I've done this before, and you kind of have to be real disciplined to make it work, make it pop. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. You do it, and you have a couple failures here and there, and then you, just, you get experience and you just move forward with it. You know what I mean? All right, all right. I hear you. Uh, so for our listeners here, we're I'm here with Freed, a uh, artist, um, cartoonist. Um, what else? Uh, what else would you say you 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 do? 
man, I, so uh, I'm into writing. I write a lot. I do, a, obviously, a lot of drawing. I do a lot of sculpting, a lot of reading. I'm just, oh, I'm, I'm all into art, man. Everything art, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just into it. Yeah, so that's, 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 my, that's my vibe. That sounds good. So you're you're, you're multi creative master. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean that's the way you got to be nowadays because if you can't <clears throat> sort of create something on your own and uh, and make it float and you know show people that you are like you were saying disciplined enough to to keep it going, keep it fresh, keep the content coming. Um, you know, there's there's really you know you have to give people a reason not to overlook you for a job. Um, Absolutely. You know. So uh, so um. Hmm. I guess we could start with uh, what got you into into drawing. I've been drawing. That's a great question. Like I've been drawing for a while, as long as I can remember. Like my earliest memory is drawing in this red Bible that was just laying around the house, right? And as I got older, I thought I was gonna get in trouble. You know, drawing <laughs> in the Bible, or whatever. Oh, I but, know that. Um, yes, yeah, so I just I've been drawing ever since then. I used to watch like a lot of like uh, Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons, and I used to always say when I get older. I'm going to make a cartoon where the coyote catches the roadrunner, eats them all, and I. So that was, like a big, <laughs> that was like a big inspiration for me was to, you know, just watch the, a lot of those old Warner Brother cartoons and like, yeah, train Roger Rabbit, stuff like that. Yeah, and then I just kind of got into art from there. Yeah, man. Well, well you seem to have uh, the same sort of uh, trajectory that I did because I was watching all those cartoons. The um, Warner Brothers, uh, what else? Yeah, I mean, you had the Looney Tunes. You had... Um, Oh man! Of course, all the names are escaping me now. I wish I wish I would have known we were going to go there because I would have had the whole list, uh, the whole list ready. Because, I mean, if, if if you didn't know that whole uh, catalog of like maybe like two hundred, you know, five minute cartoons, you know, coming up, you, and you're probably around the same age that I am. You know, you you were you were nobody. It was like if you couldn't reference, you know, uh, a couple of uh, you know Bugs Bunny gags or you know a couple of his taglines, you know, you, you don't know anything. Right, absolutely. I hear you. I feel you. So was the uh, was the drawing the earliest part of it? Because I mean, uh, talking to you uh, just just this much, I, I realized that you've got the, the 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 total package thing going. So was it the writing? You know, was it the drawing that led the way to uh, everything else? Yeah, I, I would say so. Right, because I, I was a, an introvert growing up. I was a big chubby kid. You know what I mean? So I used to just sit at the table and I would just break out a piece of paper and start drawing these like really sick cartoons, like just out of memory or whatever. And before you knew it, I had like a crowd of like 20 people behind me. You know what I mean? Watching wow, yeah. Draw and that. So it just kind of caught on. And I do a lot of other things. I got into hip hop at you know, once upon a time, you know what I mean? But it all kind of was born from that art of drawing and being able to, you know, attract eyes toward my, my, my art. Right. It was yeah, all part man, of your, so. your little world, uh, your creative world that, uh, you know, it's funny because when you're a kid or young or new to um, to a medium like that, once you see that you get somebody's attention with something, it's like, yeah. you know, you for, you might have no idea, and then you see somebody's eyes perk up, or, or you know, you, they you know they cup their mouth, and you can see them talking to somebody else, like, oh yeah, watch this guy, he's you know he can he can draw, or like you know he can rap, or you know whatever. Like once you get that bug, like if if you like that kind of attention, or or just when you see that happen, it does something to you. It like changes you like chemically or something. But but uh, I'm I'm guessing that you had some of that going on around you at a young age. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it still works to this day. I, that's how I get attention, just you know, putting some art out there. I'm at different platforms, 
Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or whatever. And you know, if I want to get attention, I, I know who to draw or what to draw. Usually, I know if I put some art out there, what kind of reception it's going to get. Because I do a lot of art for me. You know what I mean? But at right. the same time, I like I like to get eyes. So sometimes I'm trying to stick with drawing like the commercial or whatever's in. You know what I mean? But, right, um, right. Or seasonal yeah, things, so that's, that's or kind of uh, or if you know the horror things in, or if it's a certain kind of you know pop art style or whatever. Um, right. So what at what point? Did you uh, go from just kind of filling sketchbooks uh, to um, to trying to dial it into like a more story uh, oriented format? That's a good question. So again, going back to the call centers, I worked in call centers for at you know ten years and ten plus years. And after a while, I just you meet so many people, you start to develop these stories. And I was like, it'd be cool if I just made a cartoon about my experience in, you know, working in call centers, yeah. being in sales. So that's when I started to develop this cartoon called Call Center. You can check it out at callcentertv.com. And it's, yeah. it's just kind of like a collection of funky looking characters still being developed, right? But, you know, I've got a few little cartoons that I put together real quick, like one, two minute cartoons. And it's just a bunch of different characters. It's kind of like a mix of Family Guy meets Friday meets Office Space. Okay. And it just, yeah, so it's got some great feedback. I took it to uh, Grant Cardone. Not sure if you're familiar with him. He's like a a sales leader, right? He does a lot of, like, speaking engagement stuff like that. Okay, all right. Yeah, so he's he's got his own own, uh, network. Pitched it to him on one of his shows, and it kind of started to blow up, and... I got invited to uh, one of his TV shows. I've got my art hanging up in his his office, and that kind of opened it up to other media platforms. And you know, now they want to work with me. So it just kind of everything started with that cartoon call center. Wow! It just like brought a, attention to my art on a larger scale because that was the first project, and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to take this to Netflix, right? And, yeah, man. And go from there. That's the way yeah. to go nowadays, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to be able to do your own thing. I mean, you can get into the, the industry's tough. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So, yeah, it's, probably, it's better to just be your own boss, do your own thing, and you'll create your own movements at this point. It's, you know what, it's it's interviews that I heard of people that are doing that and that were doing that, and that was kind of like their, um, uh, the inception of, of where it came from, where they blew up into something. And that's why, you know, I started doing this thing. Um, the, you know, this interview show, I literally just kind of pieced it together over the last couple of months and then, uh, put it out there. And I mean, you and me, like, I, I can't remember if it was something that you liked that I, that I posted or something, whatever, but you know, and it's just as simple as that to like, okay, let's do a thing. All right. Let's schedule a date. You know what I mean? Let's, let's do this, you know, let's figure it out what works for each of us, but you got to stay on top of it. Cause if, you know, if you don't, then all of a sudden your backlog is, is, is empty and, uh, and you know, you, you don't get your, uh, your format to your listeners uh, at your scheduled time, and then it's like, all right, what's this guy? Is he doing his thing? Is he, you know, is he serious about this? You know, should I move on, find somebody else? Or so, right. just real quick to touch on the subject of um, of doing everything yourself. Uh, do you do like the animation and um, uh, photography, the character development, you know, scripts and uh, like like the uh, the backdrop, like the you know the scenery, the layouts, and all that? Are you involved in all that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I am involved in everything, and I'm, I'm wanting to take more of a producer role at this point because it, it gets overwhelming. It's 
trying to keep up with all of that. So I want to outsource as much as I can and just kind of, you know, take the direct uh, director approach, art director approach. Right. Um, I have, yeah, and I've, I've talked to some studios, and, I mean, man, they're, they're crazy expensive, right? But, uh, you know, just, just trying to maintain those relationships because I have a vision for the cartoon. It's like cartoon network level, you know what I mean? Right, so, right. It's just, yeah, but right now, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, like, collaborate with as many people as possible. And, and I just want to let you know, yeah, I appreciate what you're doing because I've talked to so many people on Instagram that will hit me up, hey, let's do work, let's do this, let's do that, let's exchange services, whatever. Right. But they never come through. Yeah, well, so that's key. It's, it's, that's key, you know, okay. it, every, that's key because every, you know, everyone's willing to do something, but when it comes right. down to, to following through, that's when, that's when the nerves kick in, you know, if you've got anxiety right. problems or whatever, like, you know, you got to really maintain, you know, you really do. Because I, <laughs> I mean, you you heard the the tail end of, of my situation. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there up on my couch, and you know, I got your email because I, I checked my email earlier. I'm like, all right, he still didn't come through with the number. I'm like, you know, whatever. We're, we're we got an appointment. I'm sure this guy's legit. You know, I get down. I'm helping my wife study for uh, for microbiology, and um, you know, I'm like, oh, there's the email, and I'm trying to like keep up the the, the dialogue with her because. <laughs> Then I'm on yeah. the phone, and if I'm trying to help her, and I'm on the phone, it's like, well, are you are you talking? Are you helping me, or are you doing your thing? So, anyway, you right. caught me, uh, you know, at, <laughs> just one of those weird yeah, moments. But uh, but yeah, but you were cool. You were cool. You you, you were like, all right, I'll give I'll give you a couple of minutes. Yeah, and I sent you the, the number kind of almost at the last minute. So my bad on that. But yeah, I, I had to come through, right? Like just because I, I know people I've worked or tried to work with, and it got, it got to a point to where. I probably get hit up by like 50 people a day. Wow. Hey, okay. Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Blah, blah, blah. Can you draw this? Can you draw that? And early on, I was excited because some of these people were like well connected. Right. And when you start to talk to them, it's like, oh, okay. Or they don't show up. Right, or right. Whatever. So it's, yeah, it's, it's all about follow through right now and, and just going out there and building those relationships and not being an internet superstar. Like, I'm not afraid to pick up the phone and call somebody or go out there and give out flyers, whatever I got to do, whatever it takes to get attention. You know what I mean? That's the name of the game right now. Attention is the new currency. So Right, right. Yeah. And then and giving your number out to every, you know, Yahoo's is dangerous. So, you know, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate your, uh, you know, just following through. So uh, in one of our exchanges, you, you had mentioned that you're at the top of your game uh, and that, you know, things are happening. So you want to describe to me a little bit about, you know, just, just, Paint a picture of uh, Freed's world right now, and, and how much, how, how many things are going on. What you got your fingers in, and, and um, maybe some uh, some future future casting. Yeah, man. So it's a, it's a, an amazing time in life right now in the world of Freed. Right outside of the art, the art is just you know popping at the moment because I'm connecting with the right people. Uh, I'm working with this company out in uh, the Silicon Valley, California area. I'm in sales, right? So I've been doing sales for a long time, like straight sales master type stuff or whatever, right? So it's kind of helping me fund the dream, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm working, yeah, I'm working with uh, MJ DeMarco. He's the author of The Millionaire Fast Lane. Uh, he is a prominent businessman out here in Phoenix, Arizona. His book is like a global bestseller or whatever. And he is about to do a new book. And I'll be illustrating one of his two new books that he's coming out with. He's coming out with a written book and a, an illustration book. Okay. So that's one of the things. Yeah, so I got my hands in that, getting that ready for 2016. I'm also doing my call center uh, cartoon 
or turn that into an actual graphic novel and get that out there. So it'll be like a web comic and a, a physical uh, book as well. Yeah, there's so a lot of that ready. there's a lot of people doing right. the uh, the comic book aspect. That's a real sort of uh, cult um, popular thing right now. So I I, I, yeah. I appreciate that because uh, I mean, from what it sounds like, you, you're into more cartoon based, you know, animation, you know, moving things. But uh, but I like that because you're willing to understand that you know if you build it from the ground up, that um, you'll start with a, a more solid foundation and then then you can kind of take it from anywhere you know take it anywhere from there absolutely absolutely yeah i mean at first you know people told me to you know try it out as a comic book first but you know i'm gonna do my thing right so yeah but you learn yeah you just kind of trial and error and then again like to produce some animation is is crazy expensive so um doing my own thing to do it on my own is very time consuming whereas i could start it with the book really build the following to you know, even greater numbers and then just kind of see where it goes from there. So those, those are my like two main art projects right now. I'm also working on uh, working with CFFNation.com. They're like a, their own trucker network. Uh-huh. So I don't know much about, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of opportunities out there. If you really attack niche markets, right. even as an artist, you know what I'm saying? That's what a lot of artists don't, don't get. Like they want to just jump onto whoever's the biggest but you got to go where you can get attention. So I'll be developing like a cartoon with them. And it's more of just like a one or two slide comic. So my plate's full when it comes to art. You know what I mean? Those are the three like main things that I'm doing right now. Okay. And they're just going to go from there. Yeah. All right. So, um, so if you had to, to, to trace your artistic uh, thing beyond the, beyond the red Bible, um, was there artwork in the house going on or was that more of like a thing that, you know, you were just kind of a bored kid, introvert, like just a lot of time to himself. Uh, let me figure out something to do. That's a good question. I, you know, I just was inspired by art just coming up. I, I grew up in the eighties and the nineties, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I just saw some, some amazing cartoons, Ninja Turtles and the Simpsons. And it was just more like, Hey, I want to do this. Like, I saw something that I wanted to do. Like, I want to be able to make cartoons. And it wasn't even about being bored. It was just wanting to draw what I saw in the comic books, the X-Men comic books, the Spider-Man comic books. I was really big into that. And just, you know, uh, not really wanting to go out there and meet people. Just I wanted to be inside of a, a blank piece of paper and just draw what was on my what was on my mind. And bring it to life. You know? bring it to life and yeah, I, I do that today you know so it's just kind of carried carrying on with me so are you um are you mostly uh pen and paper or uh do you dabble in the digital world also that's a great question so i, I do dabble in the digital world and the thing is it's like i usually do one or the other so i'll like have like this long like run of just doing hand-drawn pieces with you know whatever whatever uh you know tools i want to use colored pencils pens pencils whatever and then i'll go into this digital thing when i'm working on my cartoons and graphic arts and you know i've got this big tablet or whatever this big digital tablet and i'll get in that i'll get caught up in that for months it just depends on if i'm working on the cartoon or not the call center cartoon all right so just like working out different muscles basically and one day you know we got your analog time you got your your digital time um, right. Have you ever uh, collaborated with other artists and uh, had like sort of a team that you were a part of, or is it just yeah, is this strictly a solo thing? That's a good question. I've collaborated with other artists, but it's tough to 
because everybody kind of has their own agenda. It's really about partnering with the right person. You know right. what I mean? Right. But, um, it's pretty solo right now. I, I look at myself as just like a masterpiece to a puzzle. Mm-hmm. So I try to work with people who are doing things that I can't do. Like, you know, with the call center cartoon, one of the artists I work with, his name is uh, Trauma. He's, does beats. He does beats for like TV shows and commercials. And, you know, he's good at that. So I'll work with him as opposed to working with another artist. But now I'm trying to expand to where I do want to work with an artist who is on my level. So I can, I can outsource some of this work to that person and him or her. Right, so, right. You know, or like, just yeah, so ping pong ideas. In my own way. And just like ping pong ideas uh, off of somebody who's who's awesome. got a, you know your similar interests in, in mind. Absolutely, absolutely. That's where I'm at right now. So solo right now, but definitely looking to hire. I hear other you. Other artists out there. Yeah, I, and I, hire, I, I actually hire people, so... I'm not that guy that's going to say, let's work together and, you know, get paid. Like, I'll, I'll hire somebody. Like, that's where, I'm, that's where I'm at right now in life. So, um, if you're listening to this artist and you got some skills, hit me up at Call Center TV on Twitter or uh, Instagram, and I'll get you some work. There you go. And you've got a nice, uh, you've got a nice gallery of art um, going on there, man. I just, I was showing my wife uh, the one day, and, and uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, we we get inundated with with all sorts of stuff on a daily basis between you know uh, social media and whatever TV, radio. So it's like when you can see something that's actually engaging and refreshing, and uh, you know, and it's in the form of something that's that's easily accessible, like you know, cartoons and drawings and stuff like that. Um, it's always a, it's always a pleasure. You know what I mean? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and that's how I look at it. And the art is universal. Like I, I can post whatever on Facebook and nobody will, you know, say as much. But if I post, like, a really dope drawing, like, it'll just be everybody and their moms will come and comment or, or like the picture or whatever. And I mean, art, it's just like I liken it to, you know, sitting back at that table in the cafeteria back in the day drawing and everybody gathers around. Yeah. It's just yeah, like yeah. that now, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's, that's how I look at it. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I got uh, I got sort of the um sort of a Bebe's kids uh vibe from the one the one draw. A couple of the drawings have like a little more than one character. Um yeah. so I don't know if uh if if you uh, I mean I'm sure you're familiar you've probably seen the film. I um Hell yeah. But uh I like stuff like that. You know, especially stuff that makes me think about, you know, the 80s and 90s growing up. Um you know, Looney Tunes and uh but like Roger Rabbit, my my wife makes one of me because I'm like, yeah, I had a crush on Jessica Rabbit. Whatever, just, she was she was hot. I mean, <laughs> she had it all. That, that's dope. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. You got that. Was it? That was, was it. That was it. Yeah, that's dope that you said David's kids because the Carlson cartoon, like the look of that cartoon, is inspired by David's kids. So. Um, that's cool that you noticed. I've had a couple people come to me and tell me that, and that's I get a lot of my inspiration from that movie. So that's, oh, that's cool, cool, man. That's cool because yeah. you know I'm usually afraid to share like a, a likeness or uh, you know are you influenced by you know because some people get offended or whatever. But you you sound like the kind of guy that just owns his shit. You know what I mean? You 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 know who right. you are. You know what you can do. You you know you're looking to hire and uh, and create your empire, man. So where yeah, where can we find absolutely. your stuff? Do you, you have like um, shorts and stuff the on on the internet or maybe YouTube? Yes. Now, good question. So here's where you can you can reach the best place to reach me is going to be on Instagram at Call Center TV if you want to see my art. All right, and uh, CallCenterTV.com has everything on there. I don't want to hit you with a gang of links. 
just know at call Google at callcentertv.com and you'll get everything related to call center TV. If you need like some techniques and some motivation, I, I'm not really a big motivational guy because you know motivation to use your body. I always try to teach mastering techniques. Go to the art of being freed.com. Cool, That's I like that. Yeah, real cool stuff on there. Yeah. I like how that sounds. Now, is that like physical body stuff or um, animated? The art of being freed, or yeah, the art of being freed is just that's, that's just more like me, like my my whole everything that I'm doing, the drawing, the the just how to get in front of influencers and people that can take you to the next level because you can't do everything by yourself. So right, I'm right. Teaching you as an artist to how to how to link with other artists or other influencers or people who can take you to the next level. Cool. And is that like a video stuff? Yeah, there's a lot of video stuff on theartofbeingfree.com. It's, it's pretty much just like a blog, right? So oh, okay. You know, there'll be some art on there. Yeah, it's just like a blog website, but you know, it's, it's it's good to get just some to inspiration, if you will. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's good. Yeah. I like that uh, that you have the blog thing going because the multimedia just like trying to get your art and and things that you uh want to expose into every facet of you know social media and uh you know flat you know uh uh you know just touch screen cell phones you know ipads whatever if you can you know be flipping through some art and listening to something that you're saying or watching a video that contains your art and you know, you're just talking people through how, um, you know, how you came up being an artist and, and the, the people that you're talking to. It just, it, it humanizes everything. And that's like, a, that was a really big problem for me when I was coming up, uh, you know, because I'm in my living room, because I'm a musician and I play music. So seeing seeing the, the superstars on TV, it was like, all right, how do I get from my living room to the television? Right. You know, so it's like, if you can, it, you're basically putting a, a an instruction manual of, you know how to basically do that. How do how do you go from your living room to the television? You know, and it's stuff Absolutely. like that that um that 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 I like. I just like I like listening to stuff like that, even if it has subject matter that I'm not even really into. When you can yeah. see somebody talking so passionately about what it is they do and helping you to to figure out how to get to where they are, that's just you right. know it's those informational guides that you know it's just the human experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And I know a lot of artists just want to work on the art, and that's cool. But this is the best time. There's no better time right now to get out there and get your art out there and just take it to the next level. Like right now, there's a lot of people that just are cool with being average. You right. Know what I mean, they don't want to get out in there and move, but it's, it's time to go out there and be great as an artist. That's why I appreciate what you're doing uh, with the podcast. You know, you, you saw something you wanted to do, you're doing it. That's it, man. So, yeah, no, I, I appreciate what you're doing for sure. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we uh, we made this happen. I've been it's been a good uh, um, being that you're you know you're all the way in Phoenix. It's been uh, clinking around my head a lot more than than uh, the people that I see from the area because you know it's easy to get a hold of them, whatever. But you know we we made this happen, man. We just got a hold of each other on Instagram and uh, you know exchanged cool. a couple of emails and uh, you know finally your number and and now here we are, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it, man. For real. Well, it was good talking. I uh, hope to see some new stuff from you coming up. And just definitely let me know if there's anything else. If you're ever in the area, I'd love to get you down here in the Sungeon and, uh, you know, we can do this thing live. No doubt, live from the basement. That's it, man. Yeah, all right, man. Thanks for having me. Don't forget, follow me uh, at Call Center TV. Just Google at Call Center TV. You're going to see some of the most amazing Delta start out there. This is your boy, Free.
coming to you live from the Minds Podcast. Y'all have a great day. All right. You too, man. All right. Later on. December, December, December. Oof. Here it is again. Well, uh, for me, you know, it's a, it's, it's good and bad. You know, another birthday, which I'm excited for, but you just get that weird, depressing feeling of the snow and the darkness comes a little earlier. It starts getting cold. You just want to snuggle. You don't want to get out of bed in the morning. But other, on the other hand, it's another year coming up very soon. You got the Christmas season. That no matter how hard it presses down on you and and you just want to disappear into a little hole seeing family and unwrapping presents even if it's just one or if it's none if it's a card or just the idea that you know the people that you love are around you it brings a good feeling to my heart I, I was never one to be into Christmas music I always you know tried to shy away from it or just keep it off because it was just representative of something that I felt just came around once a year to take all your money and uh, bring all your judgy relatives and, you know, cousins that are doing better than you or just the ones that are bigger than you and can beat you up since I'm a little guy. But this year and maybe a little bit last year too, I, I just something started coming to life in me where, you know, the Christmas songs and just like Christmassy things being around your kids and seeing them light up with joy just bubble with amazement at the sight of Santa Claus being in their town. It does something to me now, man, and I, I don't really know what made the change or why it changed but it's a welcome change for me you know i'm embracing it i can't wait for this year to unfold and finish up and see what uh, 2016 is bringing uh and as the same could be said for for dr joe mr joe sparacino we had a great conversation we talked about a bunch of stuff it was great understanding and knowing that he the same as me sort of just came up in this little window and and pocket of music and just culture that was around him and um and him, the same, could be looking forward to uh, some things in December as to how uh, he will be off to Asia for uh, about a month-long stay. He's going to book some shows out there, playing Cambodia and, and just like a bunch of different spots, rent himself a keyboard. It was cool uh, hearing that and just made me uh, want to talk even more. But we had a good conversation. It was like I knew him. Uh, I could ask him anything, really. Uh, the conversation just flowed out of me. And I'm really excited to see what he's got coming for the rest of his career. Um, we got to texting afterwards just as a little wrap-up that I like to do whenever I talk to anybody over the phone. And he decided to send me a, a snippet or a song from the album that will be coming out in the near future, uh, hopefully in January sometime or February. But uh, but I was excited for that. I, you know, I was going to ask him, but I didn't want to put him on the spot on the show. I just kind of let him feel how he was going to feel about the conversation and what he thought about the podcast and he decided to send me something that you'll hear on the album so I'm really happy about that so you guys will be hearing hearing that in a minute but um it was a good talk so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go to that and let you guys be the judge yourselves Hello. Hey, Joe. Hey, Jay. What's up, man? Nothing much. How you doing? Very good. How are you? Good, good. Can you hear me, wait? I can. How, how about how about on your end? Yeah, it's great. I actually got a, I got the heads up on uh on how to do the phone thing uh from a buddy of mine, 
moved out to LA. A oh, little bit. nice. Yeah, it's working great. I, I just actually <laughs> last minute I'm running around. Uh, I set it up for the first time, actually just a couple minutes ago. Then I called my wife, and she had no idea, and I and so it, was, it went it went great. So I was excited. Very good. Awesome. Good to hear. So how long have you been? Uh, you just kind of started your podcast up. Yeah, you know, in March uh, I decided to go sober because it just, uh, you know, it was the right thing to do at that point. I guess I had exhausted uh, the lifestyle. And, uh, you know, on my journey to self-help and all that, I came upon podcasts and found that uh, just by listening to conversations with regular people like you and me, uh, that that there was something in it. Absolutely. So I just, you know, uh, with a few failed attempts at starting a band uh, and uh, a little home studio, I had sort of gathered the right equipment and you know, one, I retooled it a little bit, and uh, and found myself with the capabilities of doing this thing. So I just figured, you know, what better way to get awesome. people to come so, and hang out than uh, than inviting them down for an interview? Yeah. So do you do you have a band now? I don't. Um, well, I mean, we're kind of just kicking it around uh, lightly. You know, we're, we're not really, you know, committing to anything. We're all sort of busy. So we figured, well, we'll let's Please. just you know call it whatever and and play whenever. Nice. So how about you? Do you go do the full band thing? I know that most of the recordings I heard were uh, were just you and a piano, um, mainly. Yeah, so, you know, I play in a few different bands or, you know, on and off um, around Austin, and then I used to be in, in Dallas and uh, played in a, a couple of groups there. Um, and then Dr. Joe is kind of my solo project that I've, you know, I've been writing for it for for a long time, but finally you know putting everything together and you know recording a record and all that stuff at this point so it's been the last few months that i've kind of just said man i just want to do my own thing so um yeah just kind of doing a solo thing once i have the record put together for shows i'll i'll probably have you know different bandmates from other projects you know play the shows but it's really um freeing or you know really uh liberating to be able to just kind of be the boss and not really have to commit to specific band members you know right right that's cool that's why i was i was curious as to why uh i couldn't find more but now that makes more sense that you were you know doing your thing with the other bands and and you know getting the work in and uh yeah so i don't even have a record out or anything i'm actually working on that right now and um i've spent the last you know, a couple of months, actually, I'm putting together a studio as well and uh, learning how to, you know, record all my own stuff. So I've got some solid demos, but, you know, it's probably going to be a few months before I'm finished with it. So Yeah, I checked out that one video yeah. where you're playing the piano and somebody was carrying a camera around around the room. Is that your place? Yeah. Yeah, that's my place. Awesome. Um, and that's one area, but I have I actually have, like, a standalone building out back that um is, is my you know more proper studio um that i do most of my work but yeah i was actually getting ready for a, a little tour i did like a three-week deal out to colorado and montana and uh wyoming and i just wanted to get something you know on youtube so i could book easier cool yeah shows. that always helps so was uh, yeah. did you use the audio from uh, an actual recording or was that all live take? Yeah, so that was all live, and the audio was coming from 
the uh, condenser and the 57 uh, that I had on the piano and then doing uh, vocals as well. So yeah, that was the audio from actually playing that take. And then uh, my buddy, <laughs> what did he have? God, did he have like a, he had a decent, he had one of my, like a decent camera I have, but he was, he screwed up on the like stability right. uh, setting or something. So it just kind of looked like shit. But um, after I looked at it, I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. So I just, you know. Yeah, I had that, that real feel. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, w- I was happy that, it, you know, the take went well or whatever. And um, it was, uh, you know, I kind of dig that, you know, the actually having the live sound during a video. I think that's cool. Yeah, that's actually, I had that uh, in mind when I started this because I have a jam spot in my basement here. And I wanted to, you know, record bands on video, and but I have everything wired up to, you know, in mic through my computer. Uh, and so I would use the actual recorded audio and then use the live video to make sort of a, you know, just a, a live experience that's just a little more uh, satisfying, I guess, with the with the audio and actually, like, do a mix down, so. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Have you, I mean, have you seen, like, the, the Day Trotter guys? I can't remember they're out of, but they put on, you know, they do these live recordings of people and it's all like high quality audio and video and it ends up being pretty cool. Yeah, that's sort of, you know, I'd heard about that uh, afterwards, um, but that was basically in essence the idea that I was going to try to bring to life, but... Awesome. Yeah, getting it started. You know, I started doing some one-on-ones with some friends of mine and I actually have mic'd people up down here for uh, for like an acoustic performance. And I just kind of fell in love with the one-on-one thing because I know with the band, you're juggling a little more than one personality. And uh, I mean, not that I don't think I'm up for the job, but just the one-on-ones are so personal and, you know, people people tend to open up and, and it's just like a just a cool personal experience that, that you know, that I like to, to, to have. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really, I think it's probably interesting as well to talk to the songwriter, you know, which is probably who you're talking to because, uh, you know, they're the ones that have the most invested in the project as well, you know. Right, right. And that's a, that's a hard, you know, sometimes the hard part because, you know, you, you talk to, you know, I'm, I'm out with a lot of bands at times in the city uh, or Asbury Park and, uh, you know, everyone's there and, and, you know, to try to not offend anyone where, you know, I'm just talking to like to either like the, the songwriter or the lead guitarist who, you know, usually puts things together or just, you know, trying to dig through all of them to figure out which one does put, you know, the most into uh, as far as like song structure. If, uh, if there's a lyricist that's not the singer trying to find that, uh, you know, often leads to just, you know, just some just some some troubled waters sometimes. But uh, but it's gone good. It's gone well. Awesome, man. Good to hear. So it's a cool project. It's it's fun. It's a lot of fun, uh, and and I'm you know I'm 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 getting a little better at it. So uh, so just real quick um, for my listeners out there, I'm here with uh, Joe Sparacino, also known as Doctor Joe, singer songwriter from uh, Texas, uh, Austin, right? Yep. All right. Is that uh, like born and raised, or are you new to the area? Or you know, I'm actually yeah. So I'm actually from Kansas, and I'm actually in Kansas right now. Um, with the folks for Thanksgiving weekend. Um, but yeah, I moved to Austin about three years ago. was in Dallas before that for a couple of years. And, uh, yeah, I love Austin. It's a really, uh, great place to play music. That's so, what I hear. I have a few people that have visited and that, uh, tell me, you know, they're like, Oh, you should go there it's for the music scene, the culture. 
um, you know, you get a little taste of the South and, and, you know, your version of rock and roll and, you know, country and all that. So, um, I, I noticed in your, yeah, it's, um, it's really I, interesting. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no you go ahead. I was just going to say it's, yeah, it's been really interesting. I was never really, uh, growing up, I wasn't into country as much. And since being down here, it's been, uh, really fun getting to, you know, go out to like the honky tonks and, uh, you know, learn some honky tonk blues piano and all that stuff. So it's, it's been, uh, you know, definitely has a flavor down here. Yeah. I heard a little bit of that, uh, in that piano track that you had, but I, you know, I was going to start by saying that it's cool how you have more of a, um, you know, it doesn't sound like country, so it's more of like, you know, like a Texas indie kind of thing to it, which is what kind of what stuck out in my head. Cause you know, it wasn't like, southern rock or you know or or like uh country rock or anything like that just felt like your own thing from out there but with you know uh just a taste of just you know the the general area that you're in what would you say is is the most thing that um that uh influences your sound yeah i mean uh it's tough because i really you know the stuff that i have on soundcloud um i wouldn't say is you know, really the stuff I'm writing right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, blues, I, I, I love so many different genres, blues, funk, soul. Um, I also really like just kind of quiet stuff, like really influenced by Elliot Smith, um, really influenced by, you know, the Smashing Pumpkins from back in the day. Um, so a lot of those things kind of, come together and then i got into towns van zandt a lot the last three or four years and uh that's definitely brought things up and then i used to play in this uh gospel church like i was the only white kid in a in a gospel church in omaha nebraska and it was a really um great learning experience for me kind of learning the the you know blues and soul and and more gospely stuff so yeah i mean I don't really know what my genre is, but I just know that I like playing bluesy stuff and, and emotional stuff and, uh, you know, kind of comes out as a big amalgamation of that, I think. That's awesome. So it's more of just a combination of everything that just kind of drives you through your musical and, and creative uh, essence, which is pretty cool. That's a Yeah, I think it's just, it's more like yoga for me. You know, I don't think I sit down to the piano and think of any genre that I'm trying to write. It's just like what makes me feel good, what helps me deal with my day-to-day stuff, you know, um, and then it just comes out as either really happy or really sad or, you know, somewhere in between, and uh, the ones that resonate with me end up getting finished, and then the ones that don't end up uh, going off into eternity unfinished. (laughs) Right, right, or until they make sense a little later on down the line. Exactly, exactly. Um, would you say the uh, the Van Zant stuff sort of got you into wanting to do your own thing? I'm sorry, what was that? Would you say the uh, the Van Zant stuff was what got you uh, to go off into your own solo thing? What was was there a catalyst or anything that that made you go that route, or was it just sort of the next um, obvious move after you know doing your thing with different bands? You know, yeah, that's a good. I think that's a good question. Um, I I just found that I was getting really tired of um i don't know i like playing other people's stuff but i just uh found that i kept hearing things in my head that were more interesting to me 
And, um, you know, I love playing with other people. It's, you know, a huge part of it is just it takes the pressure off of you. You know, you don't have to book everything. You don't have to get all your friends to come see your shows. You don't, you know, you just, you don't have the, all the pressure to, to do everything and make people show up to practice and all that kind of stuff. And so I just found that I kept writing more and more songs and, you know, I just, uh, have a, have a voice that I want to, that I want to see through. And I found that when I worked with other people on it, it just wasn't as clear as, uh, when I did it myself. And, um, you know, I just have a specific voice that I want to get through and I'm still figuring what that is, you know, figuring that out. So, um, I think it's just uh, important for me to kind of do my own thing at this point. Cool. Now, did you start with uh, stuff that maybe you had put together uh, like along the line like years ago? Because I, I'm actually just right at the uh, the baby steps of putting together, starting to put together my own thing since I have all the instruments, the microphones and stuff. And I figured the first few songs I would start with were songs that I kind of had sitting around, you know, that were kind of inspired by the newer stuff that I wrote. And I'm like, all right, well, I definitely want to record this, but maybe you can start with that, and then it'll lead into a natural progression to where you are now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really hard too because once you start uh, getting these songs, you know, coming to you, or you know, maybe you've always had songs coming to you, and and now now that you've uh, kind of stopped partying as much, you know, you have probably more time to um, to work with them and, and finish them. Um, you know, it's it's. I think the one tough part is the fact that if you have all these songs coming to you, kind of picking the ones that you actually uh, want to finish because there are just so many that end up flooding your head. And then there's also the problems of like, you know, I just have a big issue with like genre. People have the need to categorize music so much that, um, you know, you kind of feel pressured to be a genre, to write in a certain way. And, I think it's really liberating when you just say, you know, I'm just going to write down the stuff that makes me the happiest, um, you know, and if there's any way that you can just listen to what you want to hear and, you know, see that through and that second when you actually finish the song to the point where it was what you wanted to hear originally, it's just such a huge payoff, you know? That's true. It just emotionally just kicks ass so it's it's really the best part i think about about being a songwriter it is you know it's it's a a lonely frustrating journey at times but in the end like you said the payoff just seems to be you know tenfold to anything that you could put together with other people because although that in it of itself is uh is, is an amazing moment with you know minds that you know aren't yours and and having to struggle and wrestle everything into place uh just having that that whole satisfaction come from your hand uh, really, really has an effect. Right. On... So, so what kind of stuff are you writing now? Um, I'm actually doing a, a mixture of a little, uh, a few things. I've got a lot of uh, like psychedelia coming around here. Um, I also have just like the, you know, the songwriter sort of just jangly, you know, three chord uh, songs going. A um, little bit of punk rock, you know, making its way in. I wasn't cool. really a fan when I, you know, growing up, but now I'm, I'm starting to understand just like, you know, the whole the whole movement behind it and, and just how liberating that can be when you put like, you know, things with that kind of emotion behind them, you know, behind like a three chord rhythm or something. But so it's really like you're saying, just like, you know, amalgamation of just 
anything, uh, regardless of genre, and just putting it forward. That's great. So it's and isn't it interesting how you know you said you know you said you had a wife. I'm guessing you're in your you know twenties or thirties or you know however old you are. It's interesting to kind of like as you get older, your just every your genre changes, your style changes. You know, you just go through so many different um, stages of development and kind of what you want to make or you know what your ear wants and it's been pretty crazy in my, from my perspective yeah and it's funny how all the things that you uh will stray away from simply to not sound that way or be taken that way and then after you know after years you're just like what what does any of that matter what does it, any of it matter it just it's just music it doesn't and as long as it draws and pulls something from within you and you know and strikes anybody even just one person it's just you know it's it's meaningful nonetheless so where did you get your uh, sure. your musical uh, talents, or, or, or when was it that you felt that creativity and m- making music was your way to go? Yeah, so, um, you know, I remember when I was, like, four or five, I, uh, I was listening to, like, a violin or something, or I had, like, a toy violin, and uh, I was like, Mom, I want to, like, play this. This is so sweet. You know, it sounds awesome. And she was like, well, you should you know, play piano first, and and then after you learn how to do that, then you can uh, play the violin. And so I, you know, started taking piano lessons when I was, like, five, and um, learned by this, like, a method called the Suzuki method. It's like this, I guess, classical piano, but you learn by ear. Uh-huh. So um, I did that, you know, I, I did, like, competitions and all this stuff uh, when I was really young, and then when I was like 11 or 12, I just started uh, learning theory kind of on my own um, and started, uh, like, gosh, what was it? I think I had like the sheet music to Stairway to Heaven. Nice. And, uh, it, you know, it had the tabs, um, like the guitar tabs, but I just, I used those uh, for the piano and ended up uh, kind of writing my own parts to it and, and kind of expanding on it. Um, so I started writing my own songs after learning theory um, in junior high, and it's just been uh, kind of a, like I said before, kind of like like emotional yoga. You know, it's like meditative for me. Right. Um, just sitting alone with a piano is so emotionally gratifying for me that uh, it's just been something I've done my entire life. So nice. So um, kind of how I started. Do you play uh, any other instruments, or is it mainly piano? Yeah, I mean, the thing that I'm, I feel like I'm good at or proficient at is piano. I play guitar and, and drums, and on this new uh, record I'm making, I actually am playing uh, everything, um, which I've always kind of dug. Like I mentioned Elliot Smith before, you know, he kind of, he played all his own instruments on, on most of his records, to my knowledge, and I just always have really dug that. Um you know, the the, the artisanship, it's, it's really awesome. What'd you say? Uh, the artisanship of just chipping away at everything, and and especially when it doesn't sound like it all just comes from one direction. Absolutely, and you know, like even if you have a, a buddy who's a badass drummer or someone that you know could play it better, I just think it's something like it's almost like building, you know, making your own garden or like 
you know, doing, you know, I don't know, painting your own walls or whatever it is. It's like something it means more if you make the entire thing, you know, right. um, like I know my record's probably not going to be the highest quality or whatever, but there's something really beautiful about that just kind of being imperfect and sounding weird and there's a dog in the background or whatever. Like I, I just love the whole, you know, all the parts of, of doing everything. Yeah. It. And, and for your fans, you know, it, it's, that's something that once you get over that wall, the obsession of, you know, the hi-fi sound, the real studio and, and, you know, having a producer and, you know, uh, just all sort of microphones and interface, you know, knowledge and all that. Once you get over that and you realize, you, you know what it's going to sound like. But when, like, coming from a listener, uh, which I'm sure you've done with certain records and whatever, you hear it and you're just like, man, like, that's like, that's from like a bedroom right there. And it just adds the amount, it adds the amount of magic that it would having heard it from like a full studio. Uh, even though it's not, you know, it just adds that, that realness that, you know, the drive, the hunger and everything to just get it out there and, you know, get something documented and, and put all the time and effort into it where it's just, you know, it matches the experience. Dude, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, that's something I think is really important too about it is like music is so accessible now. I mean, everybody knows with, you know, whatever kinds of phones you have or, you know, you can spend a couple grand that would have got you, you know, five days in the studio and you can pretty much get a laptop an interface, a MIDI keyboard, you know, a shitty guitar and a shitty set of drums and you can make stuff sound, you know, exactly the way you want it. And, you know, I have like a 13 year old sister and I've played music with her since she was born. And it's, I just think it's really cool to have things be accessible to people. You know, like art is not just for, for rent, you know, the people that, you know, you could perceive to be artists. It's for every single person that, you know, wants to try it. Right. You know, we're um, in a pretty cool time right now. It, it, it really is. And like you were saying, you can just pick up all that equipment, you know, and a crappy microphone, uh, even a crappy one, which is what I started out with, uh, just the pencil microphones that you plug into a computer. And just from... Yeah, USB one. Yeah, I, I'm just talking like just like the, the old school, like, you know, 10, 12 years ago when they would talk on, you know, the first uh, webcams or whatever, like just this crappy, you know, just a crappy computer mic. And I would put a sock over it. And For from sure. like the couple experiences I had in a studio with one of my early bands, uh, I just learned a lot about mic placement and like volume settings and, you know, the space between the mic and the amp and and really like I was able to capture a bunch of really cool recordings that I still listen to today that, you know, aren't super quality, but like we were talking before, once that, that, uh, that sheet of like, you know, just hunger and like needing to, to get it done. And then you like recall the experience of it. It's just, it's just as amazing. It's just as cool. Yeah. It's almost like a, you know, I mean, I guess there's this fresh in my mind cause I'm visiting my folks, but I mean, you know, you, you go to a place and you, you smell the, you know, I, I come from an Italian family. So, you know, there's always garlic and olive oil cooking in the skillet or whatever right and uh it just the smells bring you to a place and, and it's so much the same with uh recordings where you know it sounds like that room you know it sounds like that you know free piano you got on craigslist or whatever you know just it br brings everything back and those things can mean different things for for different people you know they were making out with their girlfriend or whatever when they listen to that record first or whatever you right. know really really interesting so do you have uh, a lot of music in the family 
you know, uh, my mom played piano and she was, you know, always singing every single day was singing in the house and, and in the kitchen. Um, I think I have like some great uncle or something that's a, I think he's a concert pianist wow. somewhere or like a soundtrack. I actually, I really don't, I think his name, I think his name might be Joe as well. Um, I should probably check that out. Um, there you go. But yeah, not, not too many, you know, my brother, I think he was a guitarist. He played in a jazz band. And then I've got five brothers and sisters, so pretty big, uh, pretty big family. But yeah, music's always been a part of our lives. You know, we had tapes and record players growing up, and um, the necessary yeah, tools, uh, the necessary tools of a young uh, creative mind, right? Yeah, absolutely. How about you? Yeah, I had a, you know, my dad, well, my mom, like yours, was always singing. Uh, she was just like the workhorse. Uh, I come from a, Span- uh, a Salvadorian family, so they were, you know, they came here from, oh, cool. you know, the mother country. And mom was just like, you know, work, work, work. And uh, and my dad, though, he taught himself how to play guitar, bought himself an acoustic when he came to the States because he just, you know, he saw what was going on and, and loved it. Um Wow. And then from there, yeah, you know, and which was always an inspiration because I'm completely self-taught too. You know, it's just like that lonely, frustrating journey that you know, that that's just uh, of being self-taught. But uh, he did it's so all that. too, though. It really he is. It, you know, once you break, you know, once you break the down the walls and and you feel like you know you're to a next level or uh, you know, take a break from it and just kind of pick it up and like it's like it's a sec like it's second nature. You just recall all the steps of going through it and um. And it's it's gratifying, you know, but he would do Absolutely. these one nighters uh, as a, a one man band. He, I don't know, just figured out, like bought all these this uh, electronic equipment and would create drum loops. And he had various pedals where he would do, uh, you know, start and stop the drums. He had ones that would do drum fills, you know, drum fill one, two and three. And he actually was the uh, was the one that started using boss pedals back in the in the in the mid 80s. Which is why I use Your boss dad? pedals. Yeah, and he would. I mean, Dude, he would. That is so cool. It was like magic. He would buy harmony pedals for his voice and for different things, and you know, uh, delay pedals and chorus pedals, like all these things to just create that bigger sound, because it was just him and electric and a drum loop. Man, you so you grew up with like a gearhead. As yeah, a dad. that's so cool. Completely self-taught, just like you know just out of the out of the ashes you know and just uh put, putting things together um he built a he built a basement room in both of the houses that I grew up with him in and uh you know from the earliest memories I just you know cables snaked all around the room connecting to different microphones and stuff you know here and there I could be in the room you know otherwise there was like I oh, were recording so you got to go upstairs and I would just hear the hum of of uh you know muffled live music for for my whole my whole childhood so it was just there was just always something there yeah. bubbling over, yeah. That is so cool. I'm severely jealous. That's really <laughs> awesome, man. You probably have like all these like ancient crazy loop pedals and like you know effects pedals and stuff. Like, did your dad get rid of those? Well, you know, he moved out when I was around 11 uh, and took all of it with him. And then when I was, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate, but, uh, I remember, uh, getting in contact with him and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm really, really starting to like be a musician and like, you know, be into all this stuff. Uh, do you have any of that stuff? And, and I remember him, which was cool because, you know, we hadn't spent much time together, but he actually went about tracking down the house that, uh, he had last left everything in where it was like, you know, a jam room house that he would go to. And, uh, 
cool. it, it had been sold like twice over and he's like man he's like i know he's like jay i'm sorry but everything was there he's like there was just like hundreds of feet of cable and, you know all his old pedals microphones just this and that but at the same time you know yeah. It, yeah it gave me that drive of like like okay well i guess whatever i have now is the beginning of my collection and i'm just going to just going to collect it just the same, you know, just the same as he did. He, he showed me that you can do it. And this is that he, you know, he hardly had any money. Um, wasn't like, you know, fully knowledgeable of all the equipment. He just would get something that he knew he needed and then learn it. I think that's so awesome. I mean, like, you know, I think something I struggled with early on was just, you know, I grew up in in the country in, in Kansas where you just don't have any examples of someone who is, a musician or trying to be a musician or, you know, uh, showing that it's a, it's a decent way to live your life to pursue music, you know? Um, right. I think that's so important. And I'm sure there's so many kids out there or adults or whoever out there just, you know, thinking that they're weird for wanting to make music all the time or, um, you know, don't know the gear, don't know how to use it. Don't, you know, they know they have sounds in their head, but, don't know how to make it, you know, happen. And right. man, what a cool example. That's really sweet. Cause all you need is a couple people around you that do it right in front of you to just lift that heavy blanket of mysticism that just gets thicker and thicker the older you get. Cause you're just, you know, the right. older you get, you're just like, that's gotta be, that has to be impossible. They, they have some sort of otherworldly gift that makes them able to just reach into that thing and get exactly what they want out of it. No, it's not, it has nothing to do with that. You just start tinkering one day. You don't stop. And, you know, a few years later, you're like, you're, you're pulling stuff out that you would have never, you know, dreamed was possible. Right. Yeah. It's just all an additive process, you know. So how far along are you on, uh, on your album? Well, I've got, you know, I've got, um, several songs done. Um, I, I'm really happy with this recent tune I just, uh, completed. I still got to record a couple of vocal parts. And, uh, you know, I'm at this point, I'm kind of like, you know, giving it to my musician buddies and like, Hey man, you know, could you listen to this, you know, check it out or whatever. And, you know, I've kind of tried to do like a, a poor man's mastering job on it and, and all that stuff. And, um, I guess I'm just at the point where I'm trying to figure out, like, should I take this to studio pros and, and see what they do with it, you know, to make it sound sweeter or is it just awesome like it is? And right. Um, you know, that's really the, the stage I'm at with that. And then, you know, I want to make music videos for them. So I'm kind of shopping around production companies, uh, to, um, to see how that's done. Cause I've never made a, a video for myself. You know, I've been in bands where we've done videos, but, um, I want it to be professional, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and so I'm just kind of learning how to do all that stuff, you know? That's cool. So you're fleshing it out with the people around you that you've grown up with playing music, uh, and you're you know you're even kind of venturing uh, onto the production uh, leg of things, you know. And and right. you know, I know in the back of your head, like it always is in mind. You're like you know just saying like oh uh, you know if I brought it to a studio, like what would these guys do with it, you know. And what I've said, what I've come into the realization of uh, recently is that. If you are going to go about it this way, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you should push to the end, and, and it will be awesome no matter what. But if you can take one track, you know, and, like, the one that the particular one that you want to get the video for and send that somewhere and have them tinker with that, you know, and just kind of put a few hundred dollars into one track. And, you know, if you just have this one little 
shiny piece that you could even sell here and there for for gigs or you know or for uh, distribution prop uh, purposes for the album that you do end up coming out with all completely self-produced it's you know that seems to be like a like a a reachable uh tangible way to go about things because things are just so expensive in the professional uh professional arm nowadays that sometimes you guys right. you just gotta yeah, make I mean, one I'm, small investment right i'm kind of just figuring out how expensive videos can get it seems like they're like maybe the you know one of the most definitely one of the most expensive parts of the whole deal um so yeah, I gotta, I definitely gotta pick and choose, um, and I think it's also important to kind of keep uh, goals that you're gonna actually accomplish. You know, if I say I want to have, you know, four or five of these tunes having videos, it's like, man, when am I ever gonna release this record? It's like, right, right, you know, because to save up so, that amount of money um, might take yeah. a good three years. What are you doing yeah, as far as sure. uh, as far as a day job? Um, I'm actually a dentist. Oh, cool. All right. So, yeah, that's how I became Dr. Joe, and I, you know, got out of school <laughs> a few years ago, and I've just been living like a, you know, as poor as I can to try to pay my student loans off, and um, I'm finally at the point where, you know, I'm able to free up a few days a week, and I spend my free time just working on records, you know? So, um, yeah, man, I, I fix teeth on uh, poor little kids down on the border of Mexico. Oh wow! So it's, it's pretty fun. Oh, look at that! And you're doing yeah. work for the people. Excuse me. And you're doing work for the people. That's great. Yeah, man. I mean, I yeah, I love it, and I speak Spanish too. So. Oh, that's um, great! I speak Spanish too. El Salvadorian man, you know. I'm yeah. holding it down. All right, all right. That's cool, man. Uh, oh, what was I going to say? Um, you know, it's it's the people that are doing it the way you're doing it. I actually am friends with a band that uh, just went on tour. And talking to the, the guitar player, singer uh, guy, um, he's like, you know, because he was kind of at the cusp of where he was deciding whether or not he should quit his job and kind of took, he actually taken a job doing uh, Uber because it's flexible. He could do the band practice and, you know, also, right. you know, so he was right at that point and He's like, you know, my parents, they told me to, to go to school and get an education and, you know, get a good job. And, uh, you know, he did all that. And he's like, the whole entire time we we're playing music, making more music, staying together as a band, it's the same four guys. Um, and then, you know, they're all, so they're all doing this thing. They all graduate college. They all get these, you know, decent jobs. And, you know, but at the same time, still pushing the creative, uh, the creative aspect of their lives. And they just got it to boil over. And then they're like, look, you know, that's what everyone told me to do, like get a fallback plan. So now that my hobby thing, my creative outlet has taken off, I got to quit the thing, you know, and if anything worse comes to worse, we got good jobs, you know? So that's really, right. you know, there's nothing really more that, especially your parents, you know, cause that's like the big thing where it's like, you know, do, do, do I keep doing this and worrying my parents or do I go and do the, you know, get the good job thing and hopefully my passion doesn't Dude, die. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, that was my decision. I was in a band, you know, in college and we had like all this attention like I, we were talking to columbia records and crap and you know who knows what would happen there but um you know i remember talking to my mom like all right so either i go on the road and actually try to knock this out um or i just do this uh dental thing or i was gonna i was maybe gonna be medicine too but i'm really happy i went dentistry because it only took four years instead of like 10 years right um 
but yeah, so, uh, you know, my mom was like, yeah, just knock it out and then you can do as much music as you want or as little or whatever. So, you know, now I'm at the point where as soon as I get my student loans paid off, I'm probably just going to like, you know, get, go super part-time or, you know, just enough to like pay the bills and, and work music the rest of the time. And it's nice because, you know, it's like if I, you know, you know, when I have kids and all that kind of stuff, I'll be able to fall back because I just know so many musician buddies that are like on the road and, you know, they just will not have a, a good job to come back to or, you know, they have to they have to constantly play shows to make money. And, you know, I would prefer to make records that mean something to me and only play the shows that are going to either get in front of the most amount of people or, you know, be the, be the ones that I want to play, you know? Right. Um, it's like people are forced so many times to just, you know, and, and if you love playing covers, you love playing covers, but personally I can't stand it, you know, yeah, other same than here. like maybe one or two, you know, in college I played, I did dueling pianos in college. Right. So, uh, you know, and that's where you like sit there and play piano man for, for a bunch of drunk bridesmaids. <laughs> and uh like if i can't play that song anymore you know i can't do that stuff so um yeah it's that's pretty much the reason i did it was i just wanted to play music i want to play if 10 people like it if a million people like it either way i get to play the music i want i want and not have to you know either sell out commercially or play covers you know at uh shitty bars you know Right, right. And that seems to be the difference between, you know, the bands, like you said, that just kind of take the chance in high school or, or before college or maybe in the middle of college and don't finish, you know, where you can almost see the whole process of things where that's where all the commercial, uh, washy kind of, you know, kind of bullshit that you hear on the radio over and over comes from. And then the people like you that, you know, take the time to get a career and do things the way they want to do and just, you know, culture something from, from start to finish that are actually putting stuff out that, that is, you know, making people think, you know, and, and, and feel something for once. Well, I, I mean, I hope that's true. Um, that's really the only, my only goal in putting this stuff out, you know, cause I get, I get so much from just writing it. I'm sure you're the same way is, you know, the, the 90% of the joy from it is, is just finishing it and having something that I'm proud of. But, you know, then there's just a whole other world of, of actually giving other people, emotional value you know and and if a song that i write or you know you write can help somebody through a, a tough time or whatever it's like man i mean what crazy kind of payoff is that you know yeah yeah so and it's always nice to hear yeah. from even if it's your close friends like oh you know that one tune you know like i heard that the other day and you know my dog died or whatever and it just like you know i felt a little better it was just you know got me through my day yeah so absolutely what, so and, what, and at this point you know, it's like any any attention I get for my music. You know, and I've been I've been lucky because you know I've gotten a little bit of buzz in in some communities, and you know it's been really fun. But really, any attention is like a total bonus. You know, right? Because it's already so much fun already. And that's really like the modern currency when it comes to like the free. Uh what I like to call the the free cast world where you're putting music out there for free. I'm putting this thing out there for free. Right. The freemium model. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like sure. any really attention is like, is the currency, you know, because it, the people with the most attention get, you know, have the most, 
you know, just the revolving door of their, you know, website or whatever it is that they have out there. Um, right. Absolutely. So, so that being said, what do you have, uh, in store for the future? Like what's, what's your, maybe tomorrow's next step. And then, uh, and, and your like, what's your next small goal that you'd like to get accomplished before taking over the world? Yeah. <laughs> before taking over the world. Um, well, honestly, this is pretty cool. I've never done a podcast interview, so, uh, thank you for reaching yeah. out to me. That's pretty awesome. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> like one of my huge goals in life and I think probably a lot of people is to like be interviewed by Terry Gross, the, <laughs> the fresh air lady. And like, I mean, I could pretty much die the second after that happens, if that ever happens, you know? Right, right, um, right. So that's like a huge ultimate goal. But as far as next steps, you know, I want to finish, I want to get this record done, whether it's, you know, seven songs I'm proud of or 15 or whatever. I'm, I'm just going to knock it out as much as I can. Um, this one song that I've, I'm really proud of, um, that I've done everything in my own studio. You know, I've, I've worked at a couple of studios before, um, and I've gotten several, uh, songs that are, that are close, but it, it's really something else to have it all in your own, uh, with your own stuff like we've been talking about. And then I want to make a video for that tune and then, um, just knock away at the other ones, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd really like to have, I'm, I'm leaving for, for Asia, uh, the day after Christmas and getting back in February. So, um, that'll be pretty nuts. Um, is that but, for, uh, uh, yeah. For dentistry? Actually just, uh, I'm getting married to my girlfriend and, uh, we're, it's going to be like a honeymoon and I'm actually going to try to book some shows over there. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. And just like rent a keyboard or something and just play in like Cambodia or wherever the hell we're going to be. Right. Um, I think it'll be pretty legit. Um, and so I guess my, my short term goal is to have my record done by maybe like March, get my videos done by the summer and then release hopefully in time for the fall. Wow. That's some pretty good stuff. Yeah. So how long is that, yeah. that, that stay actually? Cause it's, that's going to be a couple months or, yeah, it's going to be, so we, all we have booked is a flight to Tokyo and a flight from Tokyo. So we're, we're leaving on the 26th of December and then we get back the first week of February. So everything else, we, we have no clue what we're going to do, which is my favorite way to, to go about things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to do like Vietnam and Cambodia and, um, one of my close buddies did a, a couple months in, in Thailand and, you know. I'm just so excited. I'm going to bring like one pair of clothes and then just come back with a bunch of like uh ninja outfits. Um, <laughs> Kimonos. So. <laughs> not? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, man. Wow. That's cool stuff, so, man. That's I'm like doing the math in my head. I'm like, that's like a month and I'm like, that's a long time. That's cool. Yeah. Like it's going to be like five weeks. I mean, I've been home, you know, for three days and I can barely stand, uh, you know, being home anymore. So I don't know how I'm going to handle five weeks, uh, you know, sleeping in, uh, roach hostels and shit but uh right right it should it should be awesome man i'm really excited well it sounds so. like uh you and your wife are or well fiance are an adventurous couple and uh that should be a fun thing yeah yeah it should be cool so you're married yes i am married i'm married uh three years but we've been together we for, f- thank you we've been together for 15 years we got a 14 year old so uh yeah we got started pretty, awesome. pretty quick <laughs> so uh, does your wife play 
Uh, no, she does not. She is a brain. She uh, she does. She's going back to school now. She's studying microbiology, and doing no an way. awesome job. Yeah, yeah. She was. Uh, she did uh, photography when we first met. Um, but like you know, she struggled with that a lot because she wasn't like the artsy, you know, kind of you know, kind of person. Whereas you know, I I always right. told her I'm like you know, looking at pictures that you take, it's not like like a it's not like a human art form it's almost like what a picture would look like if a computer took a picture she's just like she just sees things really starkly for what they are takes the picture and if it's not right it's not right but otherwise if it's like what she wanted then that's just it she doesn't do any processing it's really like a it's really like a like a punk rock thing that she does you know that i don't even think she realizes so she kind of just eased up on that over the years because she's like it's not like a thing she's like I, j I just do it so i don't really know how to like how to wrangle it you know so then she right well she sounds like a scientist you know doing microbiology uh you know sounds like uh she just takes the pictures and and lets them be and and you know kind of clinical about it so that's cool right exactly exactly that. so that's the route she's on right now mm -hmm. she's kicking ass she's you know she's like i didn't know i was good at this i didn't know i was good at this i'm doing really well and i'm like well keep on freaking doing it because you know if we could have a doctor in this house that'd be great yeah right <laughs> you know, that's awesome people come Very to you all cool. the time so what, like, what do you do I clean houses with my mom and my wife also. Uh, we, no way. Yeah, we do uh, part-time ourselves, and then the rest of the week I work with my mom, who's been doing it since uh, since around when I was born. So it's a little legacy thing, um, but at the same time, it will it will break you. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out something <laughs> figure out something to do with the with the rest of my life so that I can have something to cling on when I'm old. You get to work with your mom, though. That's cool. It is cool. You know, it is cool. It's a struggle, but at the same time, I see that, you know, as she gets older, she gets wiser and, uh, you know, they figure out new and unique ways to do things. Uh, and then to, you know, to see her age through it, it's just like, it's weird. It's like being on another plane. It's like watching an alien do like whatever it is it does. You know, I, I see it now with a little bit of perspective where it's like, it's an art form, you know, where, you know, before it was just like, oh, why are we going to clean? I got to run the vacuum and like this and that. But like now I see it as a craft and it's pretty cool. Yeah, I bet it's like she's probably so efficient at it that, you know. Yeah. She's... I mean, God, if my, like, my room is dirty or whatever and I'm trying to make music or whatever and, and uh, it's just amazing how frazzled I get. It'll take me, like, seriously eight hours to even organize my crap and, you know, someone like her, I'm sure you are the same way where you can just, like, see through the, you know, the clutter and just knock it out in like no time. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's basically the key to the, to the profession is just being able to see it before it gets you. You know, you just like, oh, that goes there, that goes there, that goes there, that goes there. Boom. Now wipe everything down, vacuum it up in the end, you know, and it's just like, it's, it's like composing a, a symphony, you know? Yeah. It's totally coordinated. I mean, I look at a room that's messy and like, I just want to like go back to bed. It's like <laughs> so overwhelming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I probably do the same it's thing. Like, if dude, I saw... I'm going to eat a pizza and just crash because this is overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the same that I would do if I saw a mouthful of cavities. I just fetal position. Yeah. I don't know what to do with yeah, that. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty nasty. No, it's pretty, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> so, um, where can, uh, where can your fans find you? Where can, or even people that are going to hear you for the first time find you? Yeah, so, you know, um, I just have my SoundCloud, uh, just search Joe Sparafino, or actually it's on my, my website, uh, dr 
drjoemusic.com. Um, it has a contact page. If you, you know, I'm sent, I send out, uh, you know, CDs to of my demos. If, if anybody wants them, I'm happy to mail them out. No charge. If, if anybody's into it. Um, once my record is out, uh, which I'm hoping, like I said, to be around, uh, you know, summertime, um, I'm happy to, you know, anybody who contacts me, I'll give you a free record. Um, yeah, and then uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, at Dr. Joe Music. Uh, hit me up. This is how Jay got a hold of me. I'm very open to conversation, and, um, you know, I just want to write songs that are, uh, that help people emotionally and are, uh, you know, interesting and, and uh, help people with their lives. So that's pretty much my thing. Awesome, Joe. Well, uh, I look forward to hearing more from you and seeing some finished product stuff. And uh, I also wish you great luck in all your endeavors and your trip to, to Asia. And, uh, and, uh, and early congratulations to you getting married. She's a lucky woman. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, and hopefully we can uh, we can talk again when you got some uh, when you got some new stuff going on. Sounds great, Jay. Yeah, um, I'll be probably planning a trip to up up to the northeast uh, sometime in the next year. So I'll hit you up. Maybe we could do one of those basement uh, concerts. Absolutely, absolutely. If you're in the area, absolutely, I would love to have you down here. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time. All right, Joe. It's good talking. All right, buddy. Bye. Later on. So that's the show for today. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from the other side of the country. I hope you guys enjoy the holiday season that's coming up. I mean, you'll be hearing from me again. I'm also looking to bring you a 2015 wrap-up episode. And I uh, can't wait to start putting that together. It's been awesome. And I'd like to be able to put something together for uh, you know new listeners to check out. If they're going to sample mines, you know, it'd be a good thing to sample a year-long wrap-up. Or at least eight months' worth to check out if they like it or not. Maybe I'll have some special performances by myself and anyone else that wants to come by. But either way, I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Freed. You can find Freed at Call Center TV on Instagram. He's also got the callcentertv.com. Uh, you can find Dr. Joe at Dr. Joe on Instagram. He's also got a SoundCloud where you can hear uh, some of his tunes that I'm sure he'll be working on for the album. And like I always say, if you want to leave some comments, uh, leave them in the comments uh, section of the website. You can also leave your likes there if you like the episode. And shoot me an email. If you want to be a guest on the show, shoot me an email. Let's start a dialogue or find me on Instagram at minds underscore podcast at Instagram. And shoot me a message. I'm pretty friendly. And I answer kind of right away because I'm just compulsive like that and really can't help myself. The, uh, the addiction portion of the text or... Uh, comment machine it hits me right away and then I answer back and then I see what happens it's like a it's like a real-time uh, real-world video game that's on my phone that I carry around with me everywhere I go so I hope to hear from you guys soon I hope you guys stay tuned maybe you want to check out some of the older episodes it's uh, you know full of people that you might know full of people that you might want to know after you hear the conversation Little tidbits of music that you've never heard before. Maybe some music that you have heard before, but you'll get a different side from it here since, for the most part, I get a nice, uh, unique live performance down here. And as always, this is yours, this is ours, this 
is Mines. Wearing sequins and outer space 